Brutal Designs. Oi! This episode of the Brutal Reality Digest Online Podcast is brought to you by New World Designs, Vancouver's finest selection of retro-inspired fashion. Located on West Hastings Street, New World is locally owned and operated in just plain radical. They strive to bring the best in vintage reproduction brands such as Collective, Voodoo Vixen, Hell Bunny, Band Apparel, Betty Page Clothing, and more. They can also hook you up with accessories like jewelry from local designers. Aw, yeah! New World Designs is also a recognized safe place by the Vancouver Police Department as they are inclusive to all who wish to embrace this retro look. Don't live in Vancouver? Unfortunately, neither do I. Luckily, New World Designs now offers an online store. That's right. Head on over to nwdvan.com and she can ship your groovy new clothing right to your door. Still not satisfied? Tell your pals at Brutal Reality Digest sent you by using the coupon code STAYRAD and get a 10% discount. Now that's a spanking deal, folks. Once again, that's nwdvan.com or if you're lucky enough to live right in Vancouver, head on down to 434 West Hastings Street and say hello to Jen and her lovely crew. That's New World Design. Hey there, wrestling fans. This is Mitch, Danger Zone Clark, the BWY Division champ. Come watch me return to Red Deer on December 12th at Festival Hall. going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the brutal reality digest online podcast better known as bird drop and i'm flying solo today but i'm pleased to welcome mitch danger zone clark the y division bew champion how's it going today man i'm doing well how are you oh, i'm doing pretty well man just hanging out in red here what are you up to I am. I just got finished carving a pumpkin, and uh, well, that's as far as I've really, like, really looked in terms of activity. <laughs> Is it just a standard pumpkin, or are you doing something? something uh, wrestling well, I, we we might do one. Not. Well, I'd like to say wrestling, but more likely it's going to be in the shape of a corgi because oh. <laughs> we we have we have a corgi, so and they're adorable. Which I know is not the toughest looking animal I could have, but whatever. I, li- I like I like corgis. <laughs> They're adorable. Right on, man. For the folks at home, maybe they don't know, but in in wrestling, there you have your baby face and your heel. And then, is there anything else like in between floater guys? Yeah, there's tweeners. You know, tweeners. like guys who, who kind of like they're not really either, or they kind of like they're almost like a flip flopper. I don't know, like uh, one of those D and D nerds, uh, chaotic neutral or something like that, where they're just like in the middle. Okay. I'm probably just alienated half the crowd. Uh, <laughs> they're not nerds; they're enthusiasts. There it goes. My bad. I'll I'll change my vocabulary for that. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, but you, however, would you consider yourself a babyface at this point in your BEW career? In my BEW career, I definitely consider myself uh, more uh, a babyface. You know, um, the the big thing is, is like I'm not I'm not going to be one of those raw raw like come on guys get behind me um the, like those guys are are good and they're good at what they do there's the lumberjack larry's like we had in our last show and they're really good at that but that's i'm there you know i do it right but and i don't cheat but i'm i'm also there to win 
So like, th- that's the big thing is I'm there to win. I'm not there to win at any cost, but you know, like I'm going to do what's right more than anything, but I'm not going to cheat. That's why you're not going to make it, buddy. <laughs> I know nice guys finish last so often. <laughs> you're saying that as you're currently wearing your Y division championship belt. So <laughs> suck it, Josh. I, I wear it at home. I just walk <laughs> around the house in my belt. Nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I didn't even, well, I guess I should have realized this. I was drinking that night, but I attended your last, the last BEW event in Red Deer anyways. And I am just realizing, well, you kind of filled me in off offline that you won the championship belt that night. Is that accurate? That is accurate. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, uh, the promoter was very big on, on having this, a big spectacular show. And he wanted to put up, you know, uh, his titles up for grabs, you know, to kind of like put the exclamation point at the end. So, you know, the heavyweight title was decided, the women's title, the tag titles, and the Y division was up. And so, you know, I I was in a fatal four-way with three other guys, Sean Martins, Rich King, and Lumberjack Larry. And, you know, it was all over the place. Everything was going on. And, you know, I came out on top. So I'm really happy about that. Hell yeah. That's a... That's some fierce competition, man. Well, like, so you take a look. Uh, there's two other, like, MPW heavyweight champs, you know, like uh, Lumberjack Larry, Sean Martins. These guys have won titles in other, in, in other promotions. So, you know, like, it's uh, the promoter brought in not just, like, a bunch of guys from one promotion. He brought in, you know, a nice collection of a bunch of different, um, you know, athletes from different promotions. Cause you know, I think he wants to bring in the best from, you know, Western Canada, at least right now. So, you know, to right now have that title means a lot. Yeah, hell yeah. So you're going to be defending this, this title here on December 12th at Festival Hall in Red Deer, Alberta. That's the plan. You know, there's a couple of potential opponents and I told, uh, I told the promoter, it really doesn't matter who I'm, I'm there to, uh, to beat all comers and, and really, for me, it's, you know, I don't care who you put in, in front of me. I'm, I'm planning on leaving with that belt. Hell yeah. <laughs> so for the folks at home, they may not realize that, you know, you, you're no stranger to fighting in a ring, but, it, but uh, wrestling wasn't your first love. Is that accurate? Uh, well, so that's yes and no. Uh, actually, wrestling was my first love. Okay. But, you know, there's the, like the, the, but the underlined, you know, like when you see written, um, in capitals, mm-hmm. it was, uh, I was told I was too small to, to pro wrestle, uh, when I was coming up and then, you know, that was in, you know, uh, early two thousands, you know, it's the end of the nineties where, you know, it's still the big guy kind of era, you know, so to speak. And mm-hmm. so I transitioned, I was an amateur wrestler, uh, in high school and in university and I transitioned to professional fighting, uh, you know, having a fair amount of, of kickboxing fights, uh, having a couple of boxing fights and then uh, fighting professionally, you know, making my, all way, my way up to winning a national title in, in MMA and then fighting in the UFC. Yeah, so that's, that is what I was alluding to, folks at home. He's an actual MMA UFC yeah, I fighter. took a long way there. Sorry. No, that's that's cool. I was gonna ask you all of that, anyways. So yeah, you you made it to the big times in that. Uh, I don't know the MMA circuit. I guess you would say. So what was that like yeah, for you? Yeah. You know, it's um, it's kind of daunting. You know what I mean? 
uh, we, after I retired, we kind of like crunched some of the numbers and like at my, I fought at lightweight, which is 155. I don't walk around at 155. Some people get that weird notion and it's not a thing. Like I walk around probably close to 190 when I was cutting weight to one to 155. But like in my weight division, there was around 36 or 37,000 athletes in the world at that weight class. And at one point I was in the top 20. But, you know, like once you make that the big show, it's just like it's a whole new level. Uh, it's just like everyone's a tough fight. The level that you have to be at to compete there, let alone win there, is is crazy. And you just realize that how good you have to be to like you get there and then it's it's all about staying there. So um, really, it, it brought a lot of really good things out of me uh, in terms of you know, I had to work my butt off. I had to train as hard as I could, you know, every day was about getting 1% better. And it was just a slow, like you got to look, it's all about the journey. So for me, it was a big deal, you know, to win multiple times there in a row and do all these different things. But, you know, um, you know, when it was kind of time for me to go, I, I was, I was good. And then it was time to, you know, go after my other passion, which was pro wrestling. So did you take a little bit of time off after that or is it, did you just get the itch to, you needed to get in that ring again? Uh, yeah, I went from basically from, what was it? I basically went, I retired and then I, I went back to freestyle wrestling at the university of Alberta with them. Cause I still had eligibility. And, and then right away, as soon as there was a mini camp for training, I, I started my training, uh, for pro wrestling. Okay. So you did So really... within like four months, four months. So. <laughs> you didn't sit on your butt too much. You're right back up there. I see a lot, a lot of athletes that when they, when they stop, if they stop completely is where things start really going downhill for a lot of people because they, they miss, there's something missing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they fill it with bad stuff. And for me, I needed to fill it with competing. And for me, it was uh, amateur wrestling and, and pro wrestling. Yeah, because I'm going to have to assume that to, for you to get to the level you did as a fighter, like you, you're obviously a very competitive guy. So if you don't have something filling that, you'd be like, you know, punching your wife for beating you at Mario Kart or something, you know, like. Just she, eating, she never went at Mario Kart. No? <laughs> Let's just be me. Um, but, uh, you know, like, I, there's that. But, like, um, idle hands are the devil's playground, I think. So I think mm-hmm. it's important to, you know, yeah, I just had to do something. You know, you have you're used to spending, you know, six, seven, eight hours a day training, and then it's filled with, you know, when it's, it's empty, it just feels weird. So, for me, it was really important to fill that time again with with something, and then you might as well do something you love. So I was very, very lucky, very blessed to to start start at it, and you know, I've I've had fun and had success, and just want to keep that train running. Yeah, absolutely. So did that uh, nickname of Danger Zone, is that something you were given back when you were uh, in the UFC style fighting? Uh, like that was like after my third pro fight, my third pro MMA fight, I got a shirt made for, uh, we got a bunch of shirts made for one of these fights. It was so I could, you know, sell some merch, make some money, all the good stuff that, you know, you still do now. But uh, it, it was like a caricature of me and it said like, welcome to the Danger Zone. And while my teammates he was like he always likes to like poke you like just a little bit so he's one of those guys so as he's doing that 
he's like, Oh yeah. How's it going there? Mr. Danger zone. I'm like, that's not, it's not my name. It's not a nickname. It's stupid. And uh, those are the ones that stick, unfortunately. <laughs> and, uh, so I got a pro f- at, at the fight and, uh, the announcer comes by and says, any fight nicknames? Like, Nope. And I, he was in my corner, this teammate. And so he kind of like walks away. I'm getting my hands taped and he's like, it's danger zone. So I'm getting ready for this fight. And they, they announce, you know, Mitch danger zone, Clark. And right away, you know, you don't want to lose that focus, but in your head, you're like, I'm going to beat up Victor for this. <laughs> That's amazing. So did yeah. you, did you get him after the match? Oh yeah. Yeah. Real bad. Yeah. <laughs> don't fuck and I won the fight. So it was like two for one. It was oh, a nice. really good day. Overall, very good day. So then you had no choice, but to embrace the name. Well, yeah, well, it, it, it caught on and it was, it's different. It's like in fighting, there's so many of these terrible, terrible fight nicknames like Pitbulls and um, something assassin. And they're all, they're, they're all so lame. So uh, it's nice to have something different. So for me, uh, it was different. It has that weird kitschy story. Uh, it comes with great music. So there's all these different things that kind of help it. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, for sure. That was what I was going to say. Like, as soon as you hear, like, the first, you know, note of the keyboard or whatever the hell that is, or the yep. old 80s yep. bass, yeah. it's like, you know what's coming. And then, if it's, oh, yeah. If they know you're coming yeah. out shortly after. So. Exactly. So you, you, you got to use it. If you're using the nickname, you got to have, you know, some Top Gun Kenny Loggins going on. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, speaking of your, your transition to wrestling, I've, I saw this quote on the internet, and the internet's never lied, but tell me if this is if this is accurate. You said, fighters fight, talkers talk. I'm sick of all this baloney. People just talking. It's becoming pro wrestling. If I wanted to be, become a part of pro wrestling, I'd go do pro wrestling. Did you actually say that? Oh, yeah, I said that. That was the exact words. I was, uh, because it was, like, during this time when, I think it was, like, when, when uh, Conor McGregor was like getting real big and then everyone thought they needed to talk trash. Wow. It was annoying. And uh, it, it was just like, if you like Conor, that's fine. It's just not my stick. And really it kind of like, it overshadows some of the martial arts aspect. And like the thing about fighting is it's very, you can't lie in fighting. Either you're good at fighting mm-hmm. or you're not. Now, if you go to your normal person, everyone thinks they're good at fighting because anyone can make a fist and throw it. But the thing is, there's a very small percentage of people who are actually good at fighting. Mm. And um, so you can't, you can't fake it. You can't fake being good at, at fighting, at violence. You know what I mean? So uh, for me, that was a, a very important thing. And then, like I said, when I wanted to do pro wrestling, I went and did pro wrestling. And I'm pretty happy with my choice. <laughs> Now the now the shit talking is is embraced and encouraged. In fact, oh yeah, it's, it's it's fun. You know, it's a fun thing to do. The, the The thing is too is when you're in pro sports because I was a pro MMA fighter for eleven years. I did pro kickboxing for a couple of years. You know, um, you get good. You get good at ta- at chirping. Mm-hmm. I, I equated to like a hockey locker room where everyone is chirping everyone. Mm-hmm. except everyone chirps each other, but also they can also beat the hell out of you. So it's a, it's a nice little like give and take where you got to watch what you say or how you approach it, but also it's fun. I like, I like chirping people. It's a good time. But even, even though you're the, you know, the baby face, good guy, you're still going <laughs> to give it to your opponents. You gotta, you know, you <laughs> like, 
they take, you can't let them take too many liberties, right? And sometimes they feel like they can just say whatever they want, and they can't. So you got to give it back to them sometimes. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, let's let's talk a bit about more about the BEW here. Yeah. So how long have you been wrestling with these guys? Well, that was their first official show. So, the, oh, um, so they're that, that. So, yeah, they're brand, brand new, you know, and uh, I know that, they, like, basically they were ready to go at the beginning of this year. Uh, unfortunately, everything kind of went topsy-turvy. So mm-hmm. instead we had to make some changes. Uh, events got postponed. So, you know, this was their first show. I was happy to be a part of their, their inaugural show. And hopefully, you know, there's going to be a bunch more. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely looking forward to more. So I was going to say, I was going to ask a bunch of in-depth questions, but I guess you're, <laughs> you're learning about the BEW just as much as I am, but I guess, yeah, you know, like, oh, go ahead. But like, there's other things that like, there's a lot of, like the Booker has had tons of experience. Uh, Claude himself has wrestled for many, many years in Canada and in the States as well. So he brings like uh, experience, but also you take a look at the, you know, the athletes competing, lots of people have been, you know, wrestling for quite a while. So it's kind of nice in that sense where you have an experienced locker room, even though the event itself is young. Yeah, for sure. And, and like you said, offline, there's a lot of guys that have, you know, even like I attended the CWE event last weekend and you know, yep. there's some familiar faces, right? So yeah. It's not just Johnny, like his, Johnny on from next door. It's Johnny from next legit. door, you know, who's wearing cutoff shorts. And like, I think we've all seen that, um, that viral video of the guy jumping <laughs> off the second turnbuckle and his legs, both his legs breaking underneath him. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to be that guy. No, no one. <laughs> I hope not. I don't. Well, sp- speaking of jumping off the turnbuckle, um, would you mind like, so, Mitch Danger Zone Clark as the wrestler, like what is your finishing move? Like what's the one that when people see you pull that one off, it's like it's game over uh, for your opponent. Opponent. Well, well, I use uh, I use the ankle lock. It's familiar, you know. The it's an homage, so to speak, to Ken Shamrock and his mm-hmm. um, his legacy. The other thing I use is an AMF neckbreaker. So it's a reverse neckbreaker, sit down neckbreaker. Uh, do you remember Rick Rude? Yeah. Ravishing. Yeah, so it's very ravishing, ravishing <laughs> Rick Rude. Uh it's very similar to the Rude Awakening in that except when I pick him pick up the neck, it, I'm holding it in a gravit choke when I do the sit down. So it's like it's devastating in that sense. Sweet, man. Well that's gonna be yeah. another one of my questions is like who are your personal heroes in the wrestling world growing up? In the wrestling world, um, I always gravitated, if you saw my shorts, uh, not my, my pants, they're very um, flamboyant, so to speak. And though, I wasn't even wearing the, the crazy ones that I normally wear. So those are, those are toned down, uh, so to speak. Um, <laughs> but uh, obviously, really liked Macho Man Randy Savage. And then also, I was a big fan of Ravishing Recruit, especially when you know, you're starting to learn more about wrestling, about how good some of these these guys were he was an excellent guy to watch you know canadian so i loved bret hart and you know uh british bulldog you know those types of guys but i was a big fan of macho man randy savage even as a heel it made me sad like as he's cheering for him when he was a heel when he was macho king or you know even his other runs as macho man but you know he him and rick Ruder, two of my favorites 
Okay, so on the other hand, who was the wrestler that you just hated? I mean, maybe not as an adult, but looking looking back, like who were you uh, like, oh, I oh, hate yeah. that guy. And why was oh, it why that. was it gold dust? <laughs> I just like it wasn't gold dust. I just found him weird. I kinda like <laughs> just felt bad for him, you know? Um he's obviously a weirdo. But uh for me it was I hated Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig. Oh, yeah. Because he's just like that. He's that. Uh, he just had that. That that kind of like that braggadocious, terrible um, attitude, and he'd always win. And he was oh, like there was all these things that he just had this smug. And then when he turned face, I was like, I don't like you as a face either. <laughs> so um, he was one guy I really disliked. I'm trying to think of some other guys that really like got underneath my skin. Uh, you know who else I really hated? Ultimate Warrior. Really? It's just too much? <laughs> yes. I, well, I think it was because he beat Hulk Hogan at uh, WrestleMania. And I like, and then well, we won't even talk about Halloween Havoc. But uh, <laughs> I just hated him. And, and now looking as an adult, I hate him even more because he's a terrible wrestler. Oh, really? <laughs> awful, awful, awful. All I really see is his absolutely insane... Uh promos that are always oh yeah his promos are crazy good um he's got a lot of energy but then you think about what he does well in the ring besides shake the rope he shakes the rope really really good and um that's it that's (laughs) as far as it goes like his finisher is like he's a slightly bigger guy but he's doing just a splash as a finisher you know what i mean like there's a lot of things that go make you go what's like you're a limited guy also, his clotheslines were garbage. <laughs> it's always interesting to hear a, a wrestler's point of view on some of these guys. Because, no, I don't know anything. Great about energy, wrestling. good look. You know, like he had a lot of things going well for him. But at the same time, like as a when you when you start like learning more about how to pro wrestle, like oh man, some of these guys I really liked are bad, and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Man. Awesome, man. Well. I'll start wrapping this up, let you get on with your pumpkin carving, but I'm really <laughs> excited about December 12th. I hope you are as well. I'm, I'm super excited. You know, anytime I get to get in the ring and, and you know, put it on the line, so to speak, I'm, I'm having a good time. It's like at the end of the day, it's about competing. And if you're not being the best you can be, then what's the point in going out there? So for me, I'm really looking forward to December 12th. Hell yeah, man. And uh, one last question. So the, the the next day when you wake up after a, you know a wrestling match, whether it's BW or MPW or whatever you're doing, or after uh, one of your UFC matches, like which one is more painful in the morning the next day for you? Uh, I mean, like this is one of the few times where I will I will say that uh, it's the, after a fight. Like after I beat John McGuire, I was like like I hurt so bad for days. Days and days and days. Like, just my muscles hurt, my back, my upper back. Like, not even my lower back, because I'm not an old man yet. But, like, my upper back was so tight from, like, grabbing and holding and hitting and all these things. The weight cut, all these other things that went into it. And I was just, like, the adrenal fatigue. I was wiped out for a week. Uh, with the uh, with pro wrestling the next day, I'm sore. Like, I'm usually, I, like, there's days where I'm like, oh, oh, it's sore. Don't want to move my neck to like I can't shoulder check or whatever, which it still sucks. But the big thing is, is 
I've been really lucky. I've been really lucky with who, whom I've worked with. I've never really, I'm not going to um, sustain anything terrible. But the big thing is, is just like, like, and also I'm, I'm pale too. So like in my UFC fights, I mark up really well on my face. So like I get touched a little bit and I look like I have a black eye <laughs> just because I'm super Irish and Swedish in my family. So like we, there's no chance of me ever getting a tan, unfortunately. <laughs> like, like I have the skin co- complexion of a polar bear and Elton John. So <laughs> That's quite the combo. Uh, so I mark, yeah, it's quite the combo. Hence, you see why I'm so pasty white. <laughs> but uh, overall, it's it's one of those things where I'm usually hurt. I was hurting a lot after MMA fights, and like you hurt after pro wrestling fights, but it wasn't the same. Good to know, man. So, before I let you go, what's uh, what message you have for your potential opponent on December 12th at the at Festival Hall in Red Deer, Alberta, again? <laughs> It, it doesn't matter what you bring. I'm coming there to win. You know, whether it's tap out or pin, I'm, I'm leaving with that belt. It, it, it doesn't matter who you are or what you bring. I'm, I'm bringing the best me. And that's all that matters. You've been warned, potential opponent. <laughs> Whomever you are. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You'll have to take that <laughs> belt from his cold, dead hands. Exactly. <laughs> all right, Mitch. I really appreciate you, you calling in, so... Yeah, I'm looking forward to December 12th, man. I will see you there. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I will see you there. It should be a good time. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Brutal Reality Digest Online Podcast. Don't forget to come out on December 12th to Festival Hall in Red Deer, Alberta for some amazing BEW action. Until next time, stay brutal. Pasty white. You see why I'm so pasty white. You see why I'm so pasty white. You see why I'm so pasty white.